How's everyone doing today? Just give me a simple wave. How y'all doing? Good. Um, first off, Coach Chelsea, thank you for the opportunity. I'm not really sure why you chose me. Um, to be honest with you, I know most of you guys are looking forward to hearing from Coach Barefoot, um, and I was too. Um, so if you guys want to go ahead and get off the call now. So, <laughs> um, but I do have something that I do want to drop into your spirits. Um, it's not going to be uh, much of an inspirational word. It's not going to be a cars closed money word. It's going to be more so to challenge the mind of the leader and to challenge the mind of the coach. Um, so if you will, uh, let's go ahead and let's get started into my little ABC lesson, as I like to call it. Um, and if you guys get something out of it, that would be, you know, I would love that. All right. So can we pray together really quickly? Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Um, before we ask you for anything, we just want to say thank you for everything. Um, I thank you for what you are doing in the lives of your people. I thank you what you're about to do in the midst of your people. Bless your people as only you can, and we won't be confused who gets all the glory, honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Um, I do want to start off um, with, just for your understanding, I want to start off with a text, and we're going to go to John 3.16, uh, a very familiar passage of scripture. Um, but I don't, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm not going to go the cliche direction that everyone thinks that I'm about to go. Um, I want to challenge you just a tad bit. Okay. So if we could, if everyone could go there, um, if you have your Bibles, if you have a, a app, we can go ahead and read it. I'm going to read from the new King James version. Um, and it simply says, it's just one verse that I'm going to go through. Um, and it just simply says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm going to read it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, I want to focus more so on the first half of that text. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Um, I'm from Washington, D.C., um, I grew up a hothead, so I don't have a, I don't, I don't want to necessarily title this text. I don't have a necessarily title to this text, but if I was to title it, I'd simply title it, watch who you talking to. Watch who you talking to. Okay. Um, it was June of 2019 last year, uh, June 24th to be specific that God came to me in a dream. In that dream, he told me that in a month and a half, I was going to give, I was going to throw an event and give away 300 pairs of brand new sneakers to the kids in the city of Durham to go back to school with. And I, and I, and I wondered, I said, God, how in the world am I going to do that? You know, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. You're not giving me any directions. He said, just start and do it. So with all that being said, I just began, I, I talked to my team. We get it. We got everything going. We started collecting brand new shoes. People started sewing into the vision. We wanted to make sure that students had what they 
needed to go back to school with. So people started to sew. You know, I started taking pictures with people. They were so into the, the vision. And what happened was, you know, we prepared. Everything went well. Everything went great. And leading up to the event, people even said, I want to help. What can I do on the day of? So August 18th came, which was the day of the event. We prepared for 300 people. But a thousand people showed up. It's interesting because 300 people, we prepared for 300 people to get, you know, shoes. But God gave us 500 book bags as well. We also had a thousand hot dogs and things that we could, you know, do to feed a thousand people. So we were good on that aspect. But, you know, even, and I'm sorry, even volunteers from my church even started wanting to come. They, you know, they said, what can I do to help? I want to serve. So they showed up, right? All right. And everything went great. 300 people got shoes. You know, there's 700 people that didn't, but 300 kids are going back to school now with shoes, you know, brand new shoes that their parents wouldn't have had to pay for or that they might not have been able to afford. 500 kids got book bags. A thousand people got a meal. If they got it, they didn't get anything else. And they got a meal and everything went well. You know, after the event, I started talking to my team. You know, we, we talked about it. It was a great event. It was, it was love. We, and we really enjoyed it. And then I was preparing for a, a meeting with my council member on the a council member on the city of Durham on that Monday. And I was preparing and, you know, I was writing down the accolades. I was writing down the numbers and the Lord began to speak to me. And it was really interesting. He said, you know, out of the a thousand people that came, none of them were introduced to me. And I said, Lord, what are you talking about? I said, my church was there. You know, we served, we did everything we were supposed to do. We, you know, everybody said, you know, Jesus was here. Everybody, you know, this was, this was a great moment. It was a great event. And he said, yeah. He said, when they left, they still didn't know me. He said, you never gave them an opportunity to know me. And I said, but Jesus, they saw you. He said, yeah, they saw me, but they didn't recognize me. Write this down. There's a difference between seeing somebody and knowing somebody. Um, I want to get at you this way. If I'm on the recruiting trail, there's people on here that I see right now that I might not necessarily have covenant relationship with. And I think it's very important that we understand the difference between the two. Oftentimes we see people all the time, but we don't necessarily know them. So I want to parenthetically just park right there really quickly and let you know something. Leaders and coaches who believe in God cannot have egos. Leaders and coaches who believe in God cannot have egos. Okay, what do you mean? All right. Egos breed arrogance. Okay. Egos breed arrogance. And arrogance is a disease. All right. 
It makes everyone sick around them except for the person who actually has it. Right? Arrogance and ego, arrogance is a disease, okay? Um, and, and to be completely honest with you, some people say egos serve well in basketball, egos serve well in football. But let me tell you something, egos cannot serve well in ministry. So if you claim that you're coaching and it's your ministry, you can't have an ego, right? Um, and oftentimes, and this is something that I came up with probably a couple of years back, but um, this is an acronym that I came out came up with, um, and you can write this down as well. Ego is just an acronym for edging God out. Edging God out, okay? Um, understand this, right? Coaches and leaders, we're all on the same team. Understand that we're all on the same team, regardless of competition. Yes, we understand that in between the lines, on the field, whatever it may have you, we're all on the same team. We're in this to do the same thing, right? Okay. Um, and that's simply, we're here to complete and not compete. Real simple. We're here to complete and we're here and we're not here to compete. Okay. Um, you have to be careful when you find yourself competing with people who are on your same team. You have to be really, really careful. And honestly, to be completely honest with you, oftentimes within coaching staffs, we find ourselves competing with each other. So you have to be really mindful and be really careful to find yourself competing with people who are on the same team as you. Okay? Um, and let's go, you know, let's go into, uh, my second point is, and this is not going to make sense to a lot of you. Okay. But the world is not the church. That's going to sound really crazy. The world is not the church. So oftentimes, you know, we get saved and, and, you know, we, we talk to people in our church, which is a great thing. It's exceptional. You know, I really, I agree. You know, people should, you know, find covenant relationship and do things uh, with people in their churches. But we have become so arrogant and confused that we really believe that talking to church folk and Christians is the only way to live our life. Okay, let's go back to the scripture. Okay, it says, for God so loved the what? the world that he gave his only begotten son, okay? Can I ask you, can we park right there again? And can I ask you a simple question? Can I submit to you that maybe we've been talking to the wrong people? Maybe we've been talking to the wrong people. Okay, what do you mean by that? All right, let's go, let's go back, let's go to the scripture, okay? I want to exegete just, just a tad bit, um, just pull something out of this. So to understand John 3, 16 in its totality, um, we have to understand that this is really a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, okay? It's not Jesus just saying, okay, I'm sending, you know, God's sending me to die. No, he's actually having a conversation with Nicodemus. Now, for anybody that understands biblical acumen and knows the Bible, um, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He wasn't a part of the church. 
Okay. Now, with that being said, um, he was also ruler of the Jews. Okay. Um, he was a part of what in t- today's society would be a part of the court system, the, the judicial system back back then. That's what he was, okay? So he actually lobbied for Jesus' death, okay? He lobbied for Jesus' death. All right, now understand this, okay? Nicodemus, all right, in the Greek, in the original Greek term means, Nike means victory. So N-I-K-E sounds like Nike, but it's Nike. It means victory, okay? And then you have demos, which means the people. So Nicodemus means victory of the people, okay? Understand that. Now, understand that Nicodemus represents the world. He does not represent the church, okay? So in this text, God or Jesus, he humbled himself enough to have an have a a candid conversation with Nicodemus who was asking Jesus, well, I see that you're really God. Okay. I see the works that you're doing, right? What must I do to be saved? Right? So he didn't tell another church person. He didn't show another church person how to be saved. He showed, he humbled himself and spoke to the world. So again, can I submit to you that maybe we've been talking to the wrong people? Okay. Now, understand this, okay? Coaches and educators and leaders of any, well, let me not say leaders of any sort, but coaches and educators, okay, are in the perfect position to show the world what, what leadership really is, okay? Now, what do I mean by that? Sharad, what are you talking about? All right? Now, in a lot of professions that we're in, and I don't know if this applies to you specifically, but for me, for my, in my 29 years of living here on this earth, okay, oftentimes in businesses, even in the church, in professions, we train people to stay. We train people to stay, okay? But in actual leadership acumen or just in leadership in general, it's our job to train people to go. Okay, so coaches, educators, you know, to be honest, and and just, you know, in the way that the structure is built, they're training people the right way. I used to be an eighth grade English teacher. I never trained anybody to fail and stay back. I never taught anybody to, to fail and stay back. I taught them so that they could advance to the next level. But how many times have you been in a situation where you might not be the head coach, you might be the assistant coach, you might not be uh, the president of the university, you might be, you know, just coming in and just getting your foot in the door and people are training you to stay and they they don't want to see you grow. They don't want to see you grow. How many of you guys have been through that? And I, I don't know if that's you, but for me, I can honestly say a lot of times people don't want to see you grow. So understand this, if you want to be an effective leader and you want to be a, an, an actual, a great leader, okay, continue to train people to, to grow and to go, okay, even on the collegiate level, high school level, okay, you get four years, you don't get anything past that, okay, so it's your job to make sure 
that when they leave, they're better than when they came. Okay. Um, let's go to my third point. And I don't want to, again, I don't want to keep you too long, but tangible evidence is a must in ministry. Tangible evidence is a must in ministry. Okay. Um, I'm a church boy. I grew up in the church. It, uh, you know, I'm from Washington, D.C. I grew up in the church. My mother, she, she, she groomed me in the church, okay? Um, and if I can be completely honest with you, the church fooled me. They did. They fooled me, okay? We have to understand as coaches and as leaders, and when I speak of the church, I'm speaking more so as we, okay? Um, just us as a, as a general people. The church has to be ambidextrous. The church has to be ambidextrous. What are you talking about? Okay. I was raised up in a church where if you shout, if, if you, you know, if, if, if you shout about the cars, the clothes, the money, you know, if you sow into a specific thing, uh, after you praise God, when you leave the church, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was 27 that I realized I had been fooled, okay? You have to understand, we have to be ambidextrous. So there's a spiritual level that you have to uphold, and then there's a practical level that you have to uphold, okay? You have to be spiritual, but you have to be practical. Never be so hyper-spiritual that you miss out on the practical, okay? Never be so hyper-spiritual that you miss out on the practical, Okay, so it's your job. Shouting is great. Okay, singing praise to our God is great. It's necessary, but we have to be inspirational. But we also we also have to be transformational. Okay, inspirational and transformational, and that also applies to leadership. Okay, and even on the coaching sector, in the coaching sector. Okay, never get too involved in basketball or football that you forget that when they leave you, they need something more. Okay. So um, let's go. Well, I want to ask this question. It will, I want to give this thought. Okay. If you coach and when your players leave and they don't have anything to show tangibly, for the years that they were there with you, are you really doing your job? Okay. If you coach and when your players leave, they don't have anything to show tangibly. Okay. And when I say tangible, I'm talking about something that they can show for it. Okay. For the years that they were there with you, are you really doing your job? Okay. So not just the church, but coaches have to be ambidextrous too. But we can't just teach basketball. We can't just teach uh, football, okay? We have to create relationships. We have to forge partnerships so that when they leave, okay, we can send them on into the world to a job, to an internship, to whatever it may have you, okay? That also goes back to what I was talking about um, when I said 
leaders have to create other leaders. Okay. Oftentimes, and I don't know, I'm sure you guys are aware of this. Okay. When you create other leaders, that creates opportunity for you, for people that you, that you know. Okay. So understand that. Um, and going into the tangible evidence thing, you know, going back to project 300, which is the shoe, the shoe giveaway that I was talking about earlier. Okay. People left with shoes, but they didn't leave with Jesus. It was a God idea. It was a God idea, but they didn't leave with what God intended for them to leave with. So we fooled them. Okay. Um, I want to go into another point really quickly. Um, Make sure that you're living what you're giving. Okay. Make sure you're living what you're giving. And I know I'm probably going to (laughs) ruffle a couple of feathers with this next comment that I'm about to make. Um, do your DMs match your social media posts? Do your DMs match your social media posts? Um, and again, in this vein, uh, back to Project 300, a kid came up to me during the event. And I mean, it was packed. So many people there and so many grateful people. Um, and, you know, this kid in particular, he got, he showed up and he wanted some shoes and he got a book bag, you know, left. Mom was really grateful because she didn't even have the money to get him school supplies or book or book bag or things of that nature. But the kid was upset. Why do you think the kid was upset? Because he showed up for some shoes, but he got a book bag. Okay. You have to be careful and you have to be really, really careful that what you say is what you provide. What you say is what you provide. Okay. He came for one thing and he received another. So in my mind, he received something great, but it's not what he was looking for. Okay. Um, Does that sound familiar to anybody? We talk about the transfer portal all the time, but oftentimes people in the transfer portal, most of the time, you know, as coaches, we want to blame it on the kid. But most, about 90% of the time, those kids enter the transfer portal because they were told one thing and they didn't receive what they were told. So oftentimes we can talk about the trend, we can talk about kids, we can talk about the athlete, all that we want. But the transfer portal is on us as well. Okay. Um, So make sure that you're mindful in there as well. Okay. Even when in your, with your athletes, um, when you're recruiting, okay, make sure that you tell the honest to God truth. You're not recruiting just to get them there. Okay. You're, you're recruiting to keep them there. Okay. Um, Because, and, and write this down. How quick can honor turn to hatred? 
How quick can honor turn to hatred? Okay. Again, you know, when I was 22 years old, and I'm just going to be completely candid and honest, if that's okay. Okay. I got into ministry when I was 22 years old, and we're talking about the church here. I'm not talking about coaching. I'm talking about the church. Okay. I got into ministry when I was 22 years old and my pastor at the time, I told him what I was called to do. And I told him that I felt the Lord, you know, moving me into another dimension of ministry. You know, I felt like I was called to pastor and I, and I felt like I was called to preach. And he told me in that moment, he said, you know, all right, I'm going to push you and I'm going to make sure that I, I mold you and I'm, and, and I'm going to do whatever I can and I'm going to do whatever it takes for me to make you the best pastor and the best preacher that you can be. Right. Okay. So I, so I, I engraved that in my heart and what happened was I never heard from him for about three years after that. I never heard from him. And even though he was still my pastor, my honor because prior to, I would sow seeds into this man. I would do, you know, so much because I looked up to him. But how quickly did my honor turn to hatred because he didn't do the one thing that he said he was going to do to push me into my purpose? You have to be careful to say that you're going to do something for your athlete or for the people that you lead just so they shut up and just so they'll be quiet that you don't say, you don't do what you say that you're going to do. You have to be really careful. Okay. Um, and again, how quick can honor become hatred? Okay. Um, I want to do this. Okay. And I have, I mean, I have a lot that I want to share, but I'm, I want to get to some questions and I want to get to some, you know, some comments and let's have, let's have a conversation here in this moment. But what I want to do first, okay. Um, just by a show of hands or maybe in the chat. Okay. I'm not going to miss this opportunity again. All right. Does everyone here know Christ? Does everyone here know who God is? Good. Okay. Um, well, that's the first thing that I wanted to do. Okay. Now, what I want to do is just open the floor for any questions that you may have um, about any points that I made, you know, so that I can go deeper into them or just a comment that you might have, you know, go ahead. I'm go- I want to open the floor for that if we can. And I see so many of you here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, it's a little old me. <laughs> I don't know why. Again, I don't know why you guys chose to tune in for me, but, you know, I appreciate it. I'm going to say, and I normally leave mine to the end, and I still am, but I'm going to say, you know, God chose you for today. It was mm-hmm. intentional. Um, and how things worked out, we don't understand his plan and path to get to what's needed, but you were intended for today. 
And from the very moment that you opened up to this very last word that you just spoke, it is evident that God had you for today. And so I'm going to save my nuggets and my pieces to later. But, you know, we look forward to Coach Barefoot and any coach that's going to come on. And she's excited about coming later. But you are meant for today. So anybody else that has comments, questions, you can unmute yourself and, and go for it. Hey, Coach Johnson, I'm, I'm going to tell you like a mother told me after I um... – after I preach, man, slow rain is always the best in this time and season. There's nothing like slow rain. Yeah, you can hoop and holler and all that good stuff, but slow rain impacts the heart and impacts the spirit. So it was good for me, brother. I'm going to tell you that it was good for me. I needed it. And it's also confirmation going into my interview for tomorrow. So I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and speak it, man. It's yours. It's yours. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Absolutely. Hey, Coach. How are you? Hey, this is one of my recruits. This is one of my recruits' mothers, y'all. So, you know, she she came on in, and she's so supportive of us, and she's 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 excited. Her uh, daughter is going to be a freshman coming in in the fall, so we're excited to have her, and I'm just so thankful for her support. Yes, I just wanted to tell you that this, I just needed to hear this message. Um, it just reminds me of something that my pastor said um, probably a few Sundays ago to remember that we are the church. You know, a lot of times people feel like they have to be in the church to receive the message where he says we are the church. We are the people who's supposed to be spreading the word and bringing people closer to Christ because a lot of people can act in that role, but when they go out to this world, you go, Man, I thought that person was a Christian. You know, you start, you know, second guessing what they're saying out of their mouths. But we have to understand that if you, you know, you have to walk by faith. And I think this is a great message that you put out there for everyone because, um, you know, I'm seeing you in this other light outside of basketball. But even in doing that in the discussions we've had, I, I, I see your walk in Christ and, you know, you pastoring and, and, and doing so much for everyone that can receive what you're, what you're trying to do here. I appreciate you. I do. Thank you. I just wanted to say, thank you. Can, can you hear me? I can. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm great. Good. Um, I'm sorry I got in on the tail end of things. I'm listening to you beginning to end. Uh, mommy mode kicked in and we got a lot going on. But um, making sure, uh, you know, pretty much that you're practicing what you preach in essence. Um, I think that is huge. I think it is huge. Um, I appreciate you saying that not just necessarily in a spiritual realm, um, but I say it all the time. The right way is the right way. Um, and these are such, I mean, we're dealing with clay. We're molding clay here with these young people. Um, good and bad, good, bad, and indifferent. And um, you're right. You know, we've talked about it on here before, uh, how massive the transfer portal is. Um, and accountability is a huge part of that. It's, it's a very, very big part of that. Um, and when we sit on couches and we talk to kids and we even pray with families and over families um, and get them to come to our home, um, and not live and talk the same walk. It is detrimental to young people, not just in the sense of schooling, but their spiritual realm, their well-being, um, and it is life-altering. So I am so grateful for that, and I am so grateful that you hit us with the DM comment, because let's be real here. Let's do that. 
Um, and so I'm grateful for it. I really, really am. Um, I'm going to be so honest with you. I got more nuggets from you today than, um, honestly, I had to keep putting my phone down and writing and typing. And um, I know I just want to grow in leadership every day, not necessarily in coaching. And right. so thank you for your transparency. Um, you are extremely thorough. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm stealing some nuggets. Please so, do. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Anyone else? Yes, I have a question, Coach. Absolutely. What's going on? My name is Bruce Daines, Coach Daines. I'm the girls' basketball coach here in Tallahassee, Leon High School. Okay. And um, I tune in quite, quite often as much as I can as a high school coach. But I have a question for you and probably other coaches if they want to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, what is our obligation? You mentioned about the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. But what is, your, what is your theory or philosophy on kids who enter the transfer portal what are coaches' obligation to those kids once they enter the transfer portal? I've, I've talked to different coaches, mm-hmm. and sometimes if it's a bitter ending, mm-hmm. they kind of turn the kid over to, hey, you on your own. Um, and sometimes if it's not a, a bitter ending, you got some coaches still kind of leave kids on their own. Do you think there should be some obligation that once a coach sits in the living room or dining room with his kid and talk about all the great things about the university did. If it doesn't, it's not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a general thing for coaches to try to help that kid at the next move or they kind of, because I've seen too often where kids pretty much on their own after that point when it doesn't work either because of them or because of coaches. What's your thoughts or feelings about that? Um, I'll answer that this way. Okay. Integrity lies or integrity is built up in the dark moment or the dark place, okay? So, yes, it can be rough for us as coaches, you know, if it ends better, because you have to understand your integrity doesn't show when things are going great. Your integrity shows when, you know, you're in rough moments with people. So, I mean, again, we're in the business of helping kids, nothing else. The number one thing, just higher education as higher education, education period. It doesn't matter about anything else. Number one is simple. We're in the business of helping kids. So, you know, personal vendettas and things of that nature. I mean, to be honest with you, if I can help a kid in any way, find a home that's going to fit them, that's my job. And that's my goal. Right. Um, I personally don't believe, and that's just, again, this is just me. I personally don't believe in not helping a kid. I don't care what they've done to me. If they need help, you got to help them. That's your job as a leader. Again, that goes back to kind of what I was talking about earlier in the day. Um, You have to train people to go and not to stay. Okay. So you don't, you don't ever, regardless of what happens or what they've done to you, right? If a kid gets stuck or if somebody that's under you gets stuck where they are and you were in charge of leading them or in charge of their their soul or their heart or whatever it may have you, in any capacity, you had something to do with stunting their growth, right? So if a kid, even if your program's not for that kid, right, it's okay to help them to grow. It's okay. So I think 
me personally, it is our due diligence to help any athlete, any kid, any leader, uh, any anybody that we we lead. It's it is our due diligence, and it is necessary. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Y'all uh, hear me? Yes. All right, man. My name is Autry Denson. Uh, thank you, Chelsea, for uh, inviting me to the call. I was just kind of sitting back, and uh, I'm going to comment to you, uh, Coach Johnson, and also to Coach Daniels in regards to the, that comment and just kind of share a little bit. So, man, obviously, man, uh, everyone has said, uh, man, why you were here because uh, everything is God's plan on his time for his glory. So it was your time to talk, and, uh, man, I really appreciate your transparency and agree with a, a lot of what you said. Uh, when you start talking about recruiting, man, and uh, just – I think everything – I feel everything goes back to you. Why? I mean, for me, I was blessed to play football and play at different levels, but I had no desire to be a coach. So when you're talking about how I got into coaching, my mindset is totally different because for me it is 100% ministry. I answered my calling to go into ministry full-time, and God led me back to coaching. So when you start talking about mm-hmm. recruiting and things of that nature, uh, it was about three years ago that uh, I shared with my wife that uh, – for me, I know when I would go on a recruiting trip, especially in May, you're away from your family. I hate leaving my family, but uh, I, God placed on my heart that I was not going out recruiting. My faith is everything, and so I leave with that and all I do. But uh, it wasn't. What recruiting is for me is, it's a, I mean, it's paid outreach ministry. And so whenever I go out, I'm never recruiting a young man or whoever it is to come to my university, and I share that with them. I'm recruiting them to be a resource at that point. And so I try to de-recruit them with the truth because again I'm not in it we got to operate with integrity I'm not into trying to trick them to come to my place I'm trying to give them every possible as much information as they can so they can make the best decision for them and so we're on the same side of the table and at the end of that thing if my university is not where they go man I'm good because it's all about making sure I'm from Fort Lauderdale Florida it's about making sure they're not home next year so wherever that is that they plan on going that's all I care about. And so I've been in that position where we've had young people that have uh, made decisions to come to our school and then transfer. And my mindset was always is that as long as they are there, I'm going to love on them. And in fact, whether they come or not, whether they leave, if they leave and I'm not able to directly mentor to them, they need me even more then. So whatever it is, it is our goal is to make sure that they could be significant in life. And so that never changes uh man at 18 19 at 20 they don't know what they're doing you know uh I don't take things personal uh it's what it is so when you're truly doing it for God when people don't say thank you you don't fall out because it's not about them it's about me honoring Christ in the ministry that he's given me so that's my thought and my process and again I know that is who I am and that's why I'm in this profession I don't even call it that man it's a calling for me so uh like I said, for me, it's ministry and it's all about just loving them to excellence in Christ. And uh, wherever that is, that's all my goal is. So it, I feel our job is to be a resource in the recruiting process. I try to de-recruit them with the truth. And that usually, you know, kind of separates uh, the ones that I'm going to mentor directly uh, that are going to be in our football ministry from the ones that I'm going to be ministering uh, from a distance that are somewhere else, but our job is just to be there for them. So uh, sorry for the long-winded answer, man, but uh, that's what God placed in my heart. So I'm going to shut up and cut this mic back. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Hey, Sherrod. Uh, it's Coach Willie Simmons here, head coach of Florida a and How you uh, doing? Somebody already said it, but obviously you're here because you were supposed to be. Uh, I think all of us on this call would agree that that 
you gave all of us something that we definitely needed. And just to kind of piggyback off Autry's uh, comment there, um, I say the same thing. You know, first thing I do when I when I encounter a student athlete, prospective student athlete, I tell him and the parents, I'm not a recruiter. I've never I've never seen myself as a recruiter. I don't recruit. I just build relationships, and, and that's what it's all about. So I, I understand I'm not going to get all of them. The ones I do get, I'm thankful for it because I know it's a chance for me to directly impact their lives on a daily basis. The ones I don't, you'll be surprised at how many individuals, how many parents call me about questions, and I never coached their kid. I just recruited them for a few months. Right. But the relationship that we built during that time has allowed them to trust me to a point where even after they go off to school somewhere, if they want to transfer, they're not calling me to necessarily cover my place but it's to ask about the transfer process, you know? So like you said, it, it's our ministry. Um, of course, Mr. Daniels knows. I mean, just like uh, Audrey said, I never envisioned coaching. Um, his son, uh, Mr. Daniels' son, BJ Daniels, is the first guy ever coached. And his son was the reason I got into coaching once I started doing it, because I saw how close we grew, the bond that we shared, that we still share to this day. And that was 15 years ago, you know, when I coached high school football. But it, it, like you said, it's our ministry. It's what we do it for. And, and I think that keeps, that keeps it in, in perspective whenever we get into those recruiting battles because I've seen coaches get upset with kids mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I literally get mad and if a kid decommits or he says he's not going to go somewhere else or he cancels a visit. I mean, Mr. Dan, BJ canceled a visit on me <laughs> and I coached him. So, But that wasn't going to make me get mad at the kid because at the end of the day, I wanted what was best for him. And right. so I think as long as we keep that in perspective that we're here for these young individuals, like I said, whether it's directly or indirectly, you know, it's our job to mold them and help raise them. And, uh, but again, great job today, man. I really appreciate it. And, and that whole piece about developing guys is something that I took to heart because as a head coach, that's something I value with myself on all the time is am I developing my coaches to be better men, better coaches, you know, to one day be coordinators and coaches, the head coaches and all those things. So God bless you, brother. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll be linking up soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I will say this. I'm going to put my number in the chat. Just, you know, if anyone has any questions or just wants to reach out or wants to call or just wants to talk sometimes, I mean, um, I'm open, uh, you know, so I'm gonna put my number in the chat. I also put my social medias on there. Um, you know, but, uh, I do want to do something really quickly and I hope it's okay. Coach Chelsea. Um, I was taught when I'm in, in my church, um, to sow into good ground. That's, that's what I was taught. That's also a biblical principle. Um, so, you know, this, what coach Chelsea has put together has been phenomenal just for coaches to come together, um, to learn from each other, to network. This is a phenomenal thing. And, you know, she doesn't charge anyone a thing. So for me, I'm going to sow a seed into you today. Um, and I challenge everyone else who's on this call. I'm not putting a number on it. It can be a dollar, you know, a dollar, two dollars, whatever it may. I'm going to sow a seed into you today um, because I believe this is good ground. Um, so, you know, if you could put your cash app or whatever you have um, in the chat so that you know, whoever feels led to sow into you um, can do so. That'll be great. Um, but that's, that was on my heart and I definitely want to do that. Um, so if you could come back in and then, um, you know, you could pray us out. That would be great. Let me tell you, it's so funny how God moves and works, right? Because <laughs> I was always told uh, 
that I, I just in the back of my mind here, baby, I done told you to stop getting away your blessings, right? And I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about, you know, this very thing and how it, you know, coming to actually Coach Daniels, uh, he's on the line and he called and he said, I, I don't mean to bother you, Chelsea. And we talk often, I, I look up to Coach Daniels um, and he's like, how do you, so you mean, how do you get these people to say yes and come talk? <laughs> and I said, Coach, I know it's going to sound very simple, but I just ask. And I've only gotten two no's so far. And one just simply was, was because there were family issues and one, you know, was plagued with, you know, the virus. Um, and that's just how God moves. And so you've totally taken me off guard um, because that's definitely, you know, not what any of this was intended for. Um, but I appreciate you. And, and, you know, I now have to humble myself to eat those words of what I've been working on, which is to not get in the way of my blessings. So I will do and be obedient. But please know that, you know, this, this, the, this ground and this format that has, you know, taken over and seeing some of you all day after day, it not only, you know, helps you, and I'm glad to hear that, but it also helps me. You know, there's some coaches on this call that now I talk to two, three times a week. And I didn't know them before the past month, you know, and, and I'm thankful for that. And just a testament to what you said. Um, I don't know. God is just funny that way. He's amazing that way because I didn't, you all, I didn't know Sherrard. I did not. I watched him and followed him just like I do a lot of coaches, the CIAA coaches. I just, you know, I try to stay in that loop because I am CIAA for life, Livingstone College. Um, but the light is on you. And you said it best. You said, and I wrote it down, you said it wasn't a God idea when you talked about the event you put on. You said it was a God idea, but it, they didn't leave with um, what God intended. And all of this was a God idea. And it is just my prayer that it continues to be what God intended. And and coaches like, you know, Coach Simmons and, and Kern and Kendra and Joel and Lachlan and I don't want to leave anybody out Ty I think he was on here and all the ones that show up every day you know it was a God idea you are the ones why this continues to be what God intends so I just thank you all so much for that the biggest thing I picked up from what you said um, in this message was that we have to have tangible evidence of our ministry Um, and so often we want to win that we're competitive that's why we got into sports or that's why we lead in whatever facet that we do we do want to win but we also have to understand that winning is tangible evidence in other ways. And when those kids get degrees, you know, I'm sitting here trying to set up some things now because graduation is a bit different this year. But when these kids are getting these degrees and signing, you know, scholarships to you all, and this parent is on here, and I can see why her and her daughter chose St. All. I can see it because it was the same evidence that you're talking about that you put. Everything that you show who you are, I can only believe that when you started to recruit her daughter, that's what they saw. So I appreciate everything, your transparency. I appreciate all the nuggets that you gave because it totally helped me. And I'm sure everybody else can agree with that on this call. And I just appreciate you so much. Um, So I don't mind closing out with a prayer. I didn't know if you wanted to do it. Um, Either way, you know, it works for me. Um, before I do this, anybody else have anything else they want to say? Because once we say a prayer, we're going to exit off for today. Um, tomorrow we have Miss Yolanda Moore, a two-time WNBA champion, um, past college coach, and actually the host on the other side of coaching. So I joke with her and I said, I have her now 
being a, a person that's going to be speaking in, in the hot seat and not the interviewer. Um, so, you know, same time, same place, log in with us um, for the rest of the week. Ty Garth and uh, Lewis Shine will also be joining us this week, same time, same place. So, you know, we ask that you come back and enjoy because you all make this what it is. So everybody would just bow their heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what we've seen, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, for what we've heard. We thank you, Lord God, because you continue to provide evidence of your mercy, Lord God. You continue to provide evidence of your strength, Lord God, and you continue to provide evidence for exactly who you are. We thank you, Lord God, for every person that has got on the call, Lord God. We thank you for their lives, Lord God. We thank you for their ministry, Lord God. We thank you for their ability to touch in lives, Lord God, no matter what the facet that they're in. We ask you right now, Lord God, that you just continue to strengthen us, Lord God. Give us the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding not only to do our craft, Lord God, but to be able to continue to roll through with this pandemic, Lord God, because there is an intention, Lord God. We know that you have a will and we have we know that you have a way. We're actually right now, Lord God, to just help us understand it. Wave your hand of mercy, Lord God. Wave your hand of healing upon those that are plagued with this pandemic, Lord God. And we ask that when we get on the other side, Lord God, we'll look up and know it was you, Lord God, and give you the glory for all that you've done. We ask that you reach out, Lord God, and give strength for anybody that's disheveled and anybody that has misery or anybody that has anything that is not of you, Lord God. Take it out, Lord God, and replace it with you. We ask that you just bless Coach Johnson, his ministry, his coaching, Lord God. Push him, Lord God, and extend your hand upon him, Lord God, to continue to bless those that lie ahead of him that he may not even know that are, that is coming his way. We ask all these things, Lord God, in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. Same time, same place tomorrow. Um, and I appreciate you so much, Coach Johnson. This was amazing. If anybody um, needs anything, I'll stay out for a little bit. If you want to put your contact back one more time, Coach Johnson, because I think it was, oh, I see it. You got it. So I'll leave it up for a little bit just in case you guys want to take that from him. But thank you all so much. And uh, I'll see you all tomorrow. All right.